Nice little noise sample here. Okay. Hello, all you happy innovators. How are you doing, huh? Long time no podcast. And I know there is really no excuse for taking this much time in between episodes of the Singularity Podcast. But like I've explained before, I have a lot of different projects that I'm working on right now. Um, some of them are music and some of them are not. And uh, even though it's no excuse, uh, the good news is I'm, I'm finally kind of reaching that point where all these projects that I'm working on simultaneously are all starting to kind of get finished. You know, so I'm, I'm rounding that corner. And to prove that, if you've been paying attention to my situation at all, whether it's on YouTube or SoundCloud or Spotify or whatever, you'll know that I just recently released the new PC3 Escon's Volume 2 CD. So there's proof that, you know, something got done. Okay. And, uh, you know, I guess I can say really quick, because the album just came out, uh, PC3 Escon's volume number two. I released volume number one about a year ago, and I released volume number two about a week ago, and volume number three is coming up too. But uh, what's interesting is, okay, the album PC3 Escon's volume two um, does contain previously released material that was released online, but that material has been remixed, okay? And there's also a brand new PC3 song called Sovrasend that kicks off that new release of mine, PC3 Escon's Volume 2. Um, okay, so we got that out of the way. Uh, how you doing? How you guys doing, huh? How's life? Huh? You're working hard. You're getting things done. Is life interesting? You know, I want to share with you today a pretty interesting story, I guess. Um, maybe not so much interesting as it is kind of, I guess, profound. Okay? Um, a long time ago, when I was really, really young, probably when I was about 11 or 12 years old, okay, um, I was already, you know, playing drums and, you know, I was interested in music and all that. And, uh, this one day I had hooked up with this one guy and I won't use his real name. Um, but, uh, just for the sake of this podcast, we'll call him Aaron. Okay. Um, so I hooked up with Aaron to jam and he played guitar and I played drums. And, and I remember that it was right when the rush um, moving pictures album came out. Okay. So Tom Sawyer was a brand new song. Okay. And the album was brand new. And of course, you know, we know now that it was a masterpiece, but you know, at the time it was too. Okay. And it was the, all the rage in my neighborhood, you know? Um, so me and this guitar player, Aaron hooked up to jam and, you know, we tried our best <laughs> to, you know, jam some Rush songs off the new album. And of course it was, you know, <laughs> nice try <laughs> you know, for a 12 year old, a couple of 12 year olds. Actually, I think he was 13 and I was 12. So he was much older than me back then. Um, 
practically a grown-up, really, you know? But, um... So we jammed and everything, and Aaron and I were not the best of friends or anything like that, okay? I mean, uh, back then, maybe we would talk every once in a while, but we were musicians, so there were slim pickings in my little town that I grew up in, and, you know, you work with whoever is there, you know? Um, But, like I said, we weren't really great friends, so we kind of, you know, wound up becoming more and more distant and stuff, and, you know, eventually I kind of lost track of him, even while I was in, like, high school and all that stuff. Um, We went to the same grade school, we went to the same high school, and uh, just over time I lost touch with him. You know, he went off into this group of friends, and I went off into this group of friends, as people do, you know. Um, And... To be honest with you, I kind of, for the most part, had forgotten about Aaron. Okay? But the funny thing is, okay, is that for some reason in my brain, okay, in my mind, whenever I hear a Rush song, okay, on the radio or whatever, you know, CDs or wherever it's coming from, Whenever I hear a Rush song, I think of Aaron, okay? Like, for a split second, maybe, okay? But, like, you know, the memory of us jamming, you know, the album cover, you know, uh, what we sounded like when we were jamming, you know, his face, like, his personality, it all kind of, like, just goes flying through my mind, like, one, two, three, done, okay? But... It's every single time I hear a Rush song, okay? Now, we're talking, you know, well, I'm 47 years old right now. So, how many times do you think in the past, you know, what, (laughs) 35 years or whatever, that I've heard a Rush song, you know? And every single time, I would think of Aaron, okay? That's where my brain went. And then I would just listen to the song or whatever, I, you know, it would just be a zephyr that would blow through my mind, okay? And every once in a while, especially with the advent of like social media or whatever, I would kind of think to myself, I wonder whatever happened to him, you know? I wonder what he's doing now. And then I would forget and I would go about my business or whatever. Maybe a month or two later, I'd hear a Rush song and I would think, I wonder whatever happened to him. And then we'd get back to whatever I'm doing or whatever, you know. So year after year after year after year of this, right? Well, last week, I heard a Rush song, (laughs) okay? And this memory of him came back to me again. And I decided this time, after 35 years, that I was going to look up Aaron and I was going to see just what he was doing, you know? Probably not even give him like a friend request or even connect with him any, in any way. Just just to see that he was doing okay, you know. See how his life went and if he was still a musician. And if he was, you know, did he make anything of it? And did he continue? And so I start looking, you know, and I uh, type in his name. And what pops up is this memorial page for him and like my heart sank 
you know, because the last thing that I expected to see when I looked him up was that he was deceased. I mean, I was stunned and I was really sad that he died. I mean, we weren't the best of friends. Like I said, I hadn't talked to him in 35 years, but I was genuinely saddened to find out that he died. And what makes it even worse, okay, was that he committed suicide, okay? And uh, he committed suicide back in like 1999 or 1996. So back in the 90s, he committed suicide. And aside from the sadness, because there was definitely, you know, that feeling that this guy had killed himself and he was no longer around, this tidal wave of thoughts came to my mind. I mean, I just thought about so many different things like, uh, wow, okay, he died in 1996. He killed himself in 1996. Did he have a wife? Did he have children? Well, it turns out, yeah, he had a wife and he had two children. Uh, was he still a musician? You know, I don't know, you know. You know, how much life have I lived from 1996 until today? I mean, ah, you know, I have done so many different things in my life in that time. Ah, I just, my heart breaks for someone who didn't get that same opportunity, you know, and who deprived themselves of that opportunity by their own hand, you know, they ended it all. Now, I've talked about suicide before on the Singularity podcast. So you already know how I feel about this issue. But in case you don't, you can go back and listen to the episode I did on suicide because it's something I feel very, very strongly about. And it concerns me that there's this um, epidemic of suicide happening on the planet right now. Okay. So anyway, back to the story of Aaron. While I'm sitting there kind of contemplating all these things that are kind of going through my mind as soon as I found out that he had died and that he had killed himself, well, I decided to leave a comment on this memorial page. Okay, just kind of explaining, uh, you know, that him and I had jammed once and we were jamming Rush songs. And every time I heard a Rush song, I would think of this guy. And, uh, you know, I'm just really sad to find out that he died and those type of things, you know, that, that sentiment. And uh, I'm sitting there kind of doing my work or whatever. And lo and behold, his sister responded to my message. Okay. So it was really kind of nice in a lot of ways because it was the next best thing to being able to actually talk to this guy. 
but uh, I wound up getting into this dialogue with his sister. And I didn't know his sister when I was younger. I remembered seeing her in school and things like that. I remembered her face, but she was older than me, maybe by a couple of years or maybe three years. So I didn't ever really have the opportunity to really talk to her. But, you know, the great equalizer is time, you know, and uh, even though she's still older than me, you know, it's <laughs> obviously easier for us to have a dialogue now that we're adults. And we did. And we had a nice conversation, um, you know, her family and her especially are still extremely sad that this happened. I mean, they're coping with the loss of their brother or their son, you know, um, and it was abundantly clear in our dialogue with each other. She really was still in many ways struggling with this memory and the sadness of this event, you know, which harkens back to my thoughts from that other podcast I did about suicide, where it's like, you know, suicide is the ultimate act of self. And while it's horrible for the person, the victim of suicide, the real victims of suicide are the people that are left behind. You know, it's a, a burden of sadness that probably will never go away until the person dies themselves. Like, you know, the, the sadness attached to having lost someone to suicide would just stay with you until you breathe your last, you know, it just doesn't go away. And it was clear after talking to his sister for a while. Yeah, that's the case. And you know what? It sucks. It sucks. Because now, you know, I guess in some weird way, Every time I hear a Rush song now, <laughs> okay, every time I hear a song by Rush, I'm going to remember Aaron, and then I'm going to remember that he committed suicide. So now it's like forever and ever, this sadness of him killing himself is on my soul now too, you know, it's like the ripple effect, you know, people think that they're islands unto themselves and oh my gosh, they're so wrong, so wrong, you know, how sad, how absolutely horribly sad. People can be so stupid sometimes, you know, they can, it's selfish, it just, ugh. and it just got me to thinking. I mean, it just did it just set it off in my mind just the idea of you know time and getting older and you know I guess maybe because I'm you know middle-aged you know or approaching middle age I'm 47 like I said you know you reach a certain age and you start contemplating you know like this idea that you're gonna die you know and, uh, you know, it just, oh, it just is 
it's hard enough, you know, as a healthy adult male to think that stuff, but to to think that somebody, you know, way back in the day, someone who was so young, you know, so young. I mean, how old would he have been in like in 1999? How old was I? Um, I don't know, maybe. 29 or something or 28 I don't even know horrible at math by the way um but you know my life hadn't even started yet you know 28 years old it's like damn that's like I was still a kid you know like like my I had I hadn't lived any life yet practically you know that's how it seems anyway now you know 20 years later it's like to think of my life having ended at that time. I just, ah, uh, uh, you know, you know, and I tried to ask Aaron's sister, you know, some of the details, you know, like without prying and without, you know, making her dredge up this horrible memory, you know, in its completion. You know, like just kind of giving me some of the basic facts of the situation. And she told me that, you know, he had a wife and two kids and he never left Ohio. And uh, she didn't really go into the details of why, you know, he committed suicide. However, she did say emphatically that um, she's willing to talk about the situation because mental health and mental illness is something that people don't take seriously and they should and that was her prerogative you know it was her point of view like she needs to share this story because it might help someone else you know it brings attention to this idea of mental illness and mental health and like i said we talked for a little while and i really appreciated that because it really kind of I think there was a sense of closure with the situation, you know, um, just having gotten some of the details was better, I think, than having no information at all, other than the fact that he killed himself back in the 90s. Like that wouldn't be enough for me to just kind of like let it go, you know. So fortunately for me, you know, I, I guess I can say I'm you know, able to move on from it, obviously. He wasn't my best friend, you know? He wasn't a great friend to me, but uh, it's odd and it's strange how, when, you know, you make a connection with people, even if it's brief or even if it was a really long time ago, or maybe it's not like this for you, I guess. Maybe it's just like this for me. Like maybe I'm weird, okay? But, just having brushed up against someone even that long ago, you know, they're part of my life. They're a part of my memories. They're a part of my existence. And it's sad when people leave because there's a gap that they leave. You know, there's a hole there that they leave when, they, when they're gone. And I guess I could say I really know that because, you know, I've talked about it before. I lost my sister about three years ago now. And 
even though it was three years ago, I'm still, in a lot of ways, you know, still kind of coping with the fact that she's not around anymore. You know, yeah, I'm over it, and yeah, you know, life moves on, and time, you know, time marches on, but there's still that hole there that was filled by her, you know, and 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 the same goes for even this guy who I hadn't spoken with you know in 30 years you know so there's another thought you know why didn't I look him up earlier why didn't I remain friends with him he was a nice enough guy we just didn't click you know some people you do some people you don't but he wasn't like a, a jerk or anything like that there, were, there was no reason so so why did I tune him out you know something to think about right why do we do that why do we as a species you know why do we do that we have people come into our lives at a certain point and then they exit or we come into someone's life at a certain point and we exit for no real reason it just kind of happens by osmosis you know it happens naturally you just fade away from each other you know it's a weird, weird kind of thing. And another weird thing, too, was, you know, I had remembered, you know, having been, you know, delving into this whole Aaron thing, you know, for this one particular day, like revisiting this this person in my memories. Um, there was another story that I had forgotten about, okay, that involved Aaron. And the story goes something like this. Uh, I was in a band when I was really young. It wasn't really a band, but it was like some kids that played music. And um, we had a gig. We actually had a gig coming up and I needed a drum set. For, for one reason or another, my drum set was out of commission. Or maybe I didn't even really have a complete drum set yet. But Aaron did have a complete drum set. It was a black Ludwig drum set. And, you know, he was willing to let me use his drum set for this gig. And he just saved my ass, you know, like he, he was so gracious about it and just so cool about it that he just let me use it. And uh, I had kind of forgotten about that until I started to kind of mull through all of my memories of him and he was on my mind all day you know then it came back to me like oh my gosh I totally forgot that he had lent me his drum set that one time what a nice thing to do you know I mean he was such a nice guy such a nice kid I just I can't imagine how things could have gone that wrong I mean we grew up in the same neighborhood you know, we grew up in the same territory. So, and we went to the same schools, you know, so we had a lot of things in common. Um, but he just didn't make it past the age of like 27 or 28, you know? Like life had become too much for this cat and he just decided he wanted out. I just can't imagine that. I can't imagine it even just 
the real tragedy is, you know, just the time that he deprived himself of by his own hand, you know? Oh, the, the life I've lived between 28 and 47, or let's just say for the sake of discussion, 27 and 47, that's 20 years. It's a lifetime. It's a lifetime. And all this stuff, all this thinking about this guy, Aaron, got me to thinking too about how I view my life, my life, okay, um, in these like chunks, you know, these chunks of time, um, how I look back on my life and it's as if there were chapters to it. And in those chapters were certain people and certain friends and maybe I was doing certain things or going to certain places in those very compartmentalized chunks of my life, you know? And when I look back on it, it's just almost like a movie or a book, you know, that there was the life I led from zero to maybe like age 14. And then there was the life I lived or this chunk of time, this chapter of my life that was like maybe 14 to 18, you know, high school years. And, you know, then on to college and beyond, you know, these chunks of time and people and events and memories, but they opened and they closed and then a new chapter started. And of course, at the time, like as the chapters are being written, I didn't have the foresight or anything to know where I would be 20 years later or anything. There was no future. There was only hope and those kinds of things. And there's a thought, you know, he didn't have any hope and I did. And there's another thought. Why did he not have hope? And I did have hope. Why? Why? You know, these thoughts send me reeling, you know, these memories send me reeling and these ideas and these questions. It's enough to keep my mind occupied for days, you know? I mean, I'm still thinking about it. So much so that I'm devoting an entire Singularity podcast to just him and the thoughts around him, you know? Uh, I don't know. I guess there's really not much more to say about it. Sure, I'm going to be thinking about it for a while still, even beyond this podcast, you know. And like I said, you know, he is forever linked in my brain, in my mind, to the band Rush. You know, whenever I hear a Rush song, it could be YYZ, you know, uh, it could be anything by Rush, Animate, you know, uh, Subdivisions, uh, Spirit of the Radio. Uh, limelight, the, I mean, the list of songs that you hear, man, on a daily basis, even if you're even listening to the radio or something, you hear them every day, you know? So I guess that means that for the past 35 years or whatever, I've thought about him every day, you know? And I will continue to think about him into the future. 
every time I hear a Rush song. You know, it's amazing how music can do that, isn't it? How we attach people and events and memories and things to music, how music can trigger the memories and thoughts of a specific point in time with a specific group of people or maybe one person, you know? It's as if the music becomes them, you know? The music becomes the theme song for that moment in your mind. Amazing how music can do that. It's amazing. I don't think it happens so much with paintings or sculptures or books. It's music, you know, it's the music is in the background, right? It's in our lives. It's what's playing while we're doing the thing we're doing with our friends, you know, and it becomes indelibly attached to the time and the people that we were with. And there's another thought. I mean, I can just keep going, right? There's another thought. Uh, has any of my music ever been that for a person? You know? That's reason enough to keep doing it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> if I ever have the, uh, the inclination to stop making music or something, all I need to do is remember that. Kind of cool, actually, you know, even though I'm a nobody, I have made some music and, you know, some of it has affected people or touched people, you know, um, and I know this for sure because I've had fans contact me and ask me permission to use my songs um, like at funerals and stuff like that, you know, can you imagine there is no higher honor, you know, uh, when somebody loses a loved one and they want to use my song, you know, my song is emblematic of this person or their sadness or their feelings or what they wish to express. That's a pretty cool thing. It's a pretty cool thing. You know, as a, as a independent artist, musician, whatever, and you may be the same, okay? Uh, we may not get paid a lot of money, you know? We may not have fortune and fame, but when you do things at a grassroots level, like I'm doing, and I'm proud to, by the way, um, I'm proud to be doing things on my own and DIY and I'm proud of the fact that I'm not hoity-toity and, you know, in the higher echelons, you know, I'm down in the bottom, but we are the music makers, you know, we are the dreamers of the dreams, right? And uh, there's value, there's real value in the art that we create, even if it's only in that way, you know, on that, that small level. I think it's pretty cool, you know. It's a reason to wake up in the morning, isn't it? 
to know that the music that you're generating or the art or whatever it is you do, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be music, I guess, but for me it is. For me it's music. Um, what a life, you know, what a life to look back, to look back at all the music that I've made over the years, particularly, okay, particularly between the ages of like 27 and 47, you know, wow. I just can't imagine it having ended at 27. Ah, oh, it sucked, it sucked, you know. Death sucks. <laughs> There, there's my, uh, my proclamation. I will proclaim it today. Death sucks. But as bad as death is, and it is, suicide is even worse. And with that, I will close this Singularity Podcast episode. Oh, you will be hearing from me soon. And, you know, keep your ear to the ground. Keep watching my YouTube channel or SoundCloud or Pandora or Spotify or, you know, all the other places that my music and everything is. Uh, Twitter and all that, all that stuff. I almost said crap, but, you know, it's, it's a necessary evil in this business, unfortunately. Um... And if you pay attention, if you're if you're watching, if you're subscribed and all those things, uh, you'll be made aware of all the different things that are going to be coming out probably in the next month. It's going to be a very busy month. Um, September 2018, I am going to be releasing quite a bit of stuff that I've been working on. So stay tuned. Um, have a great day, everybody. Again, I'm sorry that it took me so long to make another podcast, but I won't make any more apologies about it. I'll just leave it at that. Um, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records signing off. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy. <laughs>